Hey guys, welcome back. This is Luke Humphrey with the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. Uh, I always get so, feel silly saying that, but uh, um, I've been talking a lot about nutrition lately, so I kind of wanted to switch gears. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram or you know in our Facebook group or um, on Strava, you can you know a lot of people actually. It always amazes me when people are interested in my training, but I always. I post it, and uh, it actually seems to get the most traction out of anything. So, but uh, but I think it does. I think it is nice. Uh, to me, it's it's mundane. I run the same loop pretty much every day, um, but that's what I like. I like to run the same loops. I don't necessarily need to uh, branch out on my horizons. But uh, um, you know, I do think that uh, um, there is some good to it too, right? I think people like seeing. Um, me as a as a coach, one practicing what I preach, and two, um, maybe a little bit of inspiration there, right? So they, you know, I'm a I'm a 38 year old, um, I air quotes professional distance runner, I guess. I don't even think I consider myself professional anymore, but uh, still run at a pretty high level, and uh, I was a person who um, wasn't great in college and um, was above average but I wasn't amazing or anything and um, you know I was very fortunate and blessed to have Kevin and Keith give me an opportunity to run for for Hanson's for for such a long time and you know I, I feel like I did pretty well with that I feel definitely think there was more that I would have liked to accomplish but uh, you know you take a guy who ran 1002 in the 3200 meters in high school and and uh, ran pretty close to that for a marathon. I'd say that's a pretty good, pretty good progression. But uh, you know, but mainly, I think uh, people just like seeing what um, what it takes to be you know a, a guy who's not on a big contract and who has a business to run and um, a mortgage to pay and a, a family to feed and all that good stuff. And I, and I think it, you know, it's, my impression from everything is that. Uh, um, People get a little bit of inspiration from that. So, if I can do that, then uh, then let's do it. So, um, so this really is kind of, you know, I'll, I'll try to do this. I don't know if I'll do a podcast on it every week, but uh, I'll definitely try to post my weekly training um, through uh, through Indianapolis, which is now less than eleven weeks away. So, starting to get up there. Um, mainly, what I want to do is, you know, like I said, I'm I'm over thirty eight years old and. Um, I would love to love to get into at least one more Olympic trials. That would be four Olympic trials in the same event, which is a pretty pretty good career. And at 38, I would definitely be one of the oldest people in the Olympic trials. You know, you'd have you know you have the Mebs of the world and the Opties of the world, but um, you take those two guys out and it drops off pretty quick. I think in the last one I counted, I think I, I think there was four, maybe five guys that were 38 or older, maybe even less. They might, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's a pretty small number. <laughs> so, but I would like to, I would like to, to do that. Uh, and the window is getting shorter and shorter. Um, so I am running Indianapolis, uh, November 9th and there, it looks like they have a great setup. Um, they're going to have pacers for the half and the full for men and the women try to get as many as they can and they've got a pretty nice financial bonus for uh, 
for some people who, uh, if you can get a trials qualifier, which would be which would be great. I think especially for uh, some of the younger younger folks in the race, uh, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good check you'd get if you you qualify. So um, so that let me jump right into it. Um, you know we're entering the end of summer 2019. The qualifying window for the Olympic trials is starting to close, um, and like I said, to qualify for a fourth trials with the same event would be a really big deal to me. Um, that would mean a career that had spanned from 2004 to now, and is now and is I am a lot closer to 40 than I am 30. Things don't come as easy as they used to. So, for one, I find that finding the actual time is harder. My responsibilities are far greater, and that the legs and motivation sometimes linger a lot longer. Um, there's a lot less incentive to, you know, you ask yourself why you're pushing yourself that hard. Um, with nothing really left to prove other than I, I, I do have a lot of things to prove to myself still. And I think that's, that's important. Um, but given all that, when you look at the, uh, number of late 30 somethings trying to chase, chase that dream is dwindling. I personally don't think it's due to ability. I think, I think is nutrition and those ideas have improved ideas of strength training and just taking better care of our bodies. Um, I think not racing as much. I think when you talk to guys like Greg Meyer and Bill Rogers, the Frank Shorters of the world, they raced a lot. I mean, those guys raced once, twice a weekend, most of the year. Um, and it took a toll on them. I think you talk to those guys now and you, they will definitely tell you that it took a toll on their body, you know? And I mean, even in my peak, I think I raced like maybe 15 times a year, um, and I think that saves a lot on your body. And I, I think it allows your career to span a lot longer chronologically. Um, you know, you might pack a lot more into those, you know, six, 10 years, but I think, uh, for longevity, spacing those things out, um, help a ton, but, but I think a lot more of it's just due to just wanting to move on. I think, um, I think when you look at professional running, I think it's, there's money in the sport, but it's very top heavy. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, I, at one point I was ranked in the top 15 in the marathon for a couple of years. And I, I mean, I was making, I was making five figures. I wasn't, I wasn't like I was making a million dollars a year or anything. And so you take that financial part of it and it's tough. It's a tough way to make a living. Um, which is unfortunate because I think there's a lot of money for people to have. And then, it just ends up going to a few people at the very top, which is, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. But I think I'm, I'm talking more in terms of like appearance fees over prize money. I think you look at a lot of prize money and only goes to five to 10 deep when you could have a field of 20 world-class runners. So it's really dog eat dog out there and it is, it's savage out there. And, you know, you really have to fight for every, every nickel. And I think, you know, that's part of why those guys race so many times a year, but um, but in any case, I think time goes on, you move on, you have families, like I said, and things like that. And it's just, it's just a hard way to make a living. And, and a lot of times for guys, just guys in the sport, and when I say guys, I mean men and women in the sport, really smart people, they have really good college degrees, um, and they can make a lot, they can provide for their family a lot better in those situations, I think. So I think it, it just makes it time to move on, I guess. Um, uh, but I'm in a unique situation, you know, so I actually have time to train. Like I can still work 30 to 40 hours a week, make a decent living. Uh, you know, it's not 
overly stressful what I do, coaching and podcasting and writing blogs and things like that. It's not like I'm I'm working my fingers to the bone or anything. You know, I put a lot of time in, but it's not manual labor. Um, and so, and I can train, like I can do a lot. I can move stuff around for my training. So I can still train 15 to 20 hours a week, which is, you know, it's a pretty good chunk of time to be able to devote to that. So I'm in a very, a very unique opportunity where I can have my, kind of have my cake and eat it too. So why not just give it a shot, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at with things. And actually now as I'm 38, I'm actually looking forward to turning 40 because you actually have um, almost like a new career for a little while, right? With the master's money, you can actually, you go to the right races, you can double dip. Um, You know, people still might want to have you out to talk or whatever the case is. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of upswing in the running world to turning 40 for the next uh, four or five years. So it's uh, it's not a bad situation to be in. All right. So here's where I want to preface all of this, my training leading up to this, to where I'm to where I'm currently at. So I, I ran the Toledo Class City Marathon at the end of April. It was a very cold, windy day. I think starting temp was like 38. And it was, I wish it would have been just a little colder so it would have snowed, but it was raining instead. And that was not fun. Um, and it was it was pretty windy. Uh, it was a tough day, tough day. But I still ran 222 and change and, and was second place, um, which I thought was a, it was a good effort. You know, obviously I wanted to run faster, but when it's those types of situations, you just race, right? You're just racing and you're trying to get the most out of that day. And and the time is just going to be what it is. Um, and I thought I was in under 219 shape, but I think, I think I was pretty close to breaking through. My mileage was solid and did some really decent workouts. Took a couple weeks off, uh, and then started building back. But truth be told, I probably tried coming back a little too quick. I could still run, but I have an old hip issue, a low back issue. It's actually completely non-running related, but um, it flares up every now and then, um, and it flared up when I tried to coming back and and uh, every time I tried to run hard. So I basically just had to scale it back to what I could run without aggravating the injury. So I ran what I could tolerate. I worked on strength and mobility, and it finally went away. And then I was able to start building my mileage towards the end of July. And then uh, if you look at the blog I have accompanying this, I you can kind of see my first five weeks of, of, uh, of really coming back. So, um, uh, I have, uh, I was basically 80 miles a week, 88 miles and then 98 miles and then a hundred and then a hundred again. So nothing crazy. Week one, I just did a 14 mile long run. Uh, week two, I did six by eight and then finished it up with four times 200. Nothing fast. It was probably more like marathon pace. Um, really just kind of ease my fear of just getting back into workouts and time, make sure that hip was going to be okay. Uh, it was fine. It came back on Sunday, ran a 16 mile long run. All right. And then, uh, uh, all right. Then next week I came back and, uh, ran uh, 16 times 400s. actually got under 75 seconds with, uh, about a 400 jog recovery and Sunday just did another long run of 18 miles. So the, the moral of the story is I basically did a long run progressively. Um, so the next week I did a six by a mile marathon effort and then a 20 miler on the Sunday. Um, usually gave myself two to three days between the workouts. Week five, I didn't do any workouts. I was gone at a conference in Nashville until Wednesday. And then, uh, uh, as you can see on the, 
in the log there, I ran four miles that day. So we, some ding dong myself scheduled an 8:30 flight out of town. <laughs> I should have went for like the 10:30 flight, but uh, that's what happens when you got a daughter to pick up. I was worried. <laughs> I was worried that who was going to be alive at Grandma's house. So expected to be carnage of just worn out grandparents and uh, dogs and children. So <laughs> I was wanted to get back and make sure everybody was still still safe and sound. Um, but I came back after we got back. I did a 22 miler on Sunday. Uh, I didn't want to try to get a workout in during the week, but uh, it didn't happen. Just one of those things. Um, overall, I've been getting in more detail work in. So when I I was been getting like 10 to 15 minutes of strength work in, like core work, plyo work in a day, um, which to me is that that's really about where I'm at. I can I can get about 15 minutes a day in. Um, getting to the gym is harder. Once school starts, I'll actually be able to do more in the gym. But a lot of times, Josephine's either here with me at the office or I work from home or my wife's doing the same type of thing. So we try to make sure there's a balance there so we can all get what we need to get done, but balance uh, and not try to bore the kid too much. There's only much, so long she can stay in the office before she uh, gets antsy, you know. So we do what we can. And then uh, I also averaged... I'd say two to three days a week of getting strides in. I would just do like four to six strides of 10 to 15 seconds. Um, you know, and I haven't done a lot of speed in a long time. Definitely haven't done strides in a long time. So it's, you know, when I started out, I mean, these are barely getting under five minute pace. And now they're, um, now they're getting down to like, you know, four minute to 415 pace, um, which is, which is good. I mean, I used to actually have a fair amount of speed. I, I ran 408 in a mile without really trying for it. Um, and that was actually indoors. And I went to Central Michigan. It's a very, very tight 200-meter track. Um, very, very tight turns. Not very fast times I've ever been run on there. Um, so I'd like to think I could get down to like 404, 405 in my prime. But um, but uh, I had some. I definitely had some speed. So it's it's this one of my goals is to just see how much of that I can get back. And I and I understand I'm not going to be where I was before. But um, I think the longer you preserve that speed, the better. Um, especially if you can couple that with the marathon training, like, cause it's all about maintaining those muscle fibers to me. And so if you can improve the composition of those fibers and make sure you're not completely neglecting anything, um, you're going to be a lot better off. And there's some still some goals I have with shorter races, but I think in general, in terms of, of aging, I think what happens with a lot of, uh, marathon runners, especially those who have run a long time in their life, they get to like another you know, maybe not their 40s, but once they get to maybe into their 50s and, and above, they really kind of neglect doing any type of speed work because it's just, they have, by they get to that point, they've neglected it so long that it's just, it's such a, a task to try to get it back and it's such a process to try to get it back. So it's, it's easier to kind of scale back to what you're comfortable with and what's going to, you know, it's not going to get you injured and I can do this and over and over and over again. And um, you can do that, but I think if you can preserve some of that speed, you're gonna your times are gonna slow a lot a lot less drastic and I think it's I think it's a good thing to maintain that speed especially as we age all right so a little off topic there but uh, so is so there there's my my, my preseason uh, from now on you know the rest of the time moving forward I'll go into my nine day cycle um, for a while there I was pretty beat up you know last few years and I'd, I'd really struggled with doing a workout every I'd really have to like have three days between workouts and I think now I'm at the point where I've gotten back to where I can do workouts uh, uh, I could do a workout two days recovery workout two days recovery long run or another big workout I like that setup 
I've, I've liked that setup for a long time, and I think I'm finally back to where I can handle that. One of the big things for me, and I wrote, I'm actually writing about this in my, my upcoming week that I've done, um, and that is really recognizing just slowing down on my easy days. So, like, I know now, like, I'd say, like, in my late 20s to, say, early to mid-20s to my early 30s, it was just being in that group of, of guys where it was so competitive is that we would just run really hard workouts. And then the next day we would run like six minute pace on our easy day. And we would never really allow ourselves to fully recover. And I think I've overtrained myself so many times. And then I finally, it finally, you know, hit me in the head with a brick was just take your easy days easy. Don't get caught up in like, you know, don't get caught up in those competitions on your easy days because they don't, they really don't matter. And ultimately, our goal with training is to be able to get, handle as much mileage as we can, but also get a decent number of workouts in as well. And the easy runs, if done right, are going to allow us to get more workouts in and more quality workouts and those are what's going to matter, right? Our easy days are going to give us their benefits because they're easy days. Our workouts give us work. Our workouts give us benefits for other reasons. And so, if we're kind of trying to muddy those waters on those days, then we don't necessarily maximize the benefits of either day, right? And so, we really make it. We really kind of create a ceiling that we can't maximize our fitness because we're either too hard from our easy days to really get after our workouts, or we are two we had our workouts and then I, I what I'm saying is you know so let's let's look at this we run a workout really hard and then we try to come back and run our easy day really hard and we can do that for a little while but then over time the workout suffers and we haven't really maximized the benefits of the easy days because we've run those too hard you know so nothing's really getting the benefits that we're that we're allowed to and that's when people get that's when people get tired and hurt and it, it takes that four to six weeks where they really get themselves dug into a hole that they can't get out of and then you see all those injuries pop up or just they're so fatigued that they need to take a big step back into their training. So that's the biggest lesson that I've really learned for myself is like I do a workout, the next day is going to be pretty slow and then the next day is going to be a little bit faster and then I can do another workout and it's kind of that same cycle. So it's hard workout, pretty slow, easy day the next day little bit faster easy day the next day and then it'll work out and then just keep repeating that cycle over and over again and that for me has worked out really well i can still run 110 to 120 miles and not feel it that feels like a good comfortable number for me i can still get my my strength training in my mobility and things like that in and that's kind of my sweet spot right now so um that's right where i'm at and i think uh um that's where i'll stay we'll see how it goes i mean if i feel really good i can go up to 120 but um, I don't, I don't, I think that 110 to 120 is probably where I'll be. But, uh, for me right now, it's more about maintaining, see if I can build these habits of maintaining my strides and doing my core, doing that 10 to 15 minutes a day of something extra, whether it's foam rolling or core. Um, I've been doing more plyos and oh my God, it is my, I don't even, I was going to record them, but I'm not even going to record them because <laughs> it looks so bad, but you have to start somewhere. And so I'm trying to make sure that that foundation is there so that uh, um, I really want to get after this in Indy and then and beyond too. I think, uh, you know, I, you know, my head still says I can run fast and, you know, I think I've learned that if I do the things right, 
my body can handle still a lot of training and, and uh, um, can still have some really good races. So, so that's about it for now. This past couple weeks, I've really started kind of building into it. So I've got to catch those logs up and I'll, I'll share those with you guys too. As you can see what I'm doing as, uh, as we move forward. All right. As always, thanks for listening. I hope this motivates you. I hope it inspires you. Um, feel free to uh, follow me on the Strava at Luke Humphrey. We also have Luke Humphrey running uh, club if you want to join that. Um, and that's it. All right. So I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye-bye.